Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to The Blitz on 91.3 FM, WBNY, 91.3 FM, WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity My name is Evan Harrington. It is a Friday afternoon. I will be your host for the next two hours. I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts uh, this afternoon in Tanner Saunders. Uh, we got our other guy, Dan Dale, Mr. Double D, setting up over there in Studio B. And, Dan, Joe's coming in today? Yeah, he is. All right, and I will be joined by another awesome co-host, Joe Callie. All right, so there's a lot to unpack on this Friday afternoon. We had Thursday night football last night. We have a lot of the injury reports coming out for the Buffalo Bills as they are set to take on the 1-3 Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday at Highmark Stadium. There's some NBA news to um, you know, un- unpack and uh, get into as well. So, and, and some NHL news. You know, the Buffalo Sabres have their first game coming up October 13th against the Ottawa Senators. So there is a lot to unpack Oh, speaking of, uh, you know, coming here, uh, Joe Kelly just made his way into the studio. So we got the, you know, the four horsemen. We're back <laughs> again Friday afternoon. Uh, just letting everyone know, normally we have a guest on uh, every Friday. We could not get a guest for this Friday. So next Friday or maybe on the Wednesday of this next week, we will have a Buffalo State Athletics guest um, for the show. But, all right, let's get into the... Um, Thursday night football game. I mean, there was football on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, there was football on really? Thursday. Uh, I mean, some people. <laughs> I some, don't believe it. Right. Some people may or may not have Amazon Prime, but I believe that a lot of people are getting into the Amazon Prime thing, getting that Thursday night football package. But a lot of people might be canceling their subscriptions very soon with the just garbage plate, not the Rochester garbage plate, just the garbage plate of football that Thursday night football on Amazon Prime has been giving us over the past couple weeks, and to be specific about what game we are talking about, the last night's game, they went to overtime between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver cannot-ride-anything Broncos. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Broncos 12-9 to in overtime. Just quick thoughts on that game before we really get into it and unravel it. Uh, Joe, you know, what were your thoughts on that game last night? Um, it was the most horrific game I've watched in a long time. It was the equivalent of a dumpster fire burning down a building. Um I, I can't – what happened to Russell Wilson's deep ball is my question. That was his selling point for years in Seattle, and, you know, he threw it – you know, lo- he threw a deep ball, just not to his own team. So, I mean, that was I, – I just – it was hard to watch. I tweeted out this morning. I'm waiting for my uh, my refund from Amazon because uh, I am after viewing that game. It was bad. something else. Yeah, it was Don't bad. Honestly, one of the worst games I've ever had to watch, ever – uh, you know, I really dis- I I turned off the my computer like at halftime, and I was like, I just don't care about this game anymore. I mean, six to three at half against these two supposedly really oh decent teams. Like they're not great in any way, but they're not horrible. And oh my god, was it the most boring game of my life? And even the overtime was boring, but uh, it's becoming more and more like Nathaniel Hackett may be a one-year coach. If that. Tanner, what were your thoughts? Oh, that was, uh, 
I don't know if I can add anything new or groundbreaking to the discussion here. That was quite possibly one of the worst football games I've ever seen. I mean, the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl is in close contention, but this one was just, ooh, this was a snooze fest. I can't, I mean, you have to be like a real just, football has to be for you like, heroin is to a heroin addict if you could sit and just watch that game <laughs> in its entirety i mean you got to be a real fix. yeah you got to be a real football junkie if you could sit and watch that game with your eyes glued to the tv i mean more power to you if you could but i could not i mean you know me and evan harrington we got to broadcast two games tomorrow we got to do buff state football and soccer so i thought i had to do a little bit of a cost benefit analysis and be like do i really want to sit and subject my eyes to this game or get some prep work done so i i chose the latter which is not often the case when i have to choose between you know doing any type of work whether it's school work or game prep and watching nfl football normally i'm going to pick nfl football 100 times out of 100 but with this game i just couldn't do it i mean I've never seen a game before where it went to overtime and fans were leaving the stadium as overtime was about to start. Like, that's just, oh, my goodness. It was so terrible. But I did, I will say, I did kind of watch overtime closely because, like, it was one of those games where it's, like, such a train wreck. You're just, like, you just have to see, like, how it ends. Like, nobody deserves to win this game, but somebody has to. So, you know, stick around and see that. But, uh, man, that was that was bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just was kind of a a disaster in general. Whether, you know, you were watching just for the Colts, watching just for the Broncos, or just watching in general. That game was just something that we just really could not keep our eyes on. And something I want to dive into, like, the actual stats of the football game in general. Before Russell Wilson threw that first pick on that deep ball, like you mentioned, Joe, to absolutely nobody. Mm-hmm. He wasn't having a great game, but I don't think he was, you know, you know, like doing anything terribly to like lose the game for the Bronco for the Broncos and themselves. And then he just started really playing bad football. Uh I guess a couple bright spots you can take away from the game is that Melvin Gordon didn't fumble the football, which was something that he's been doing over the first few weeks in the in the season. Yeah. Uh, Mike Boone looked okay. <laughs> Uh, he looked like a solid backup to complement Melvin Gordon. Russell Wilson's legs looked solid. He ran a couple times. Uh, I mean, what was that? What were your guys' reactions to that one catch that Cortland Sutton made when it was <laughs> him and I believe KJ Hamler? I could be getting the receivers wrong, but it was KJ Hamler or something. No, or it was uh, Ty. Tyrell Cleveland? I was a rookie, I think. Something Washington. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Yeah, but but either way, you know, both those guys were going for the football, and then the ref knocked over the defensive back, and then Sutton made a contested catch, like, with his own teammate. Uh, that was uh, an, an interesting play nonetheless. But, you know, going to the Colts side of Wait, things. Wait, hold on. Can I talk about that play yeah. for a second? It was... The receiver's name was Montrell Washington, but I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten. I would have forgot about it had you not. That play sums up the Broncos' season in a nutshell. At least before that game, like two receivers in the same area. Like, first off, that's that's probably not how that play was supposed to be designed, but. I mean, it's just a disaster. Like, you have two receivers in the same area, and somehow they managed to come down with it. That just been the Broncos' season in a nutshell. Like. It's it's not been pretty, but somehow, you know, it had worked at least somewhat. Like, you know, they are 2-2, two two, 500 coming into the game. Obviously, you know, not the, the result you would have uh, – you would have wanted last night, but that play is just like a microchasm of the Broncos' season. That if you, there was one play to sum up the Broncos' season, that would be it. The 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 dual possession by both offensive players. I mean, just like yeah. 
I mean, that was definitely like an interesting play and thing to witness in you know when watching the game live. But uh, other than that, I mean, Alec Pierce looked very good for a rookie receiver, oh, second-round yeah. pick. He really looked like that second-round pick that the Colts drafted and then one of the receivers they wanted him to become. Michael Pittman did his thing okay. He didn't have an overly uh, spectacular game, but he did his thing in general for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Paris Campbell did some stuff that was solid, uh, you know, when he got the ball in his hands after the catch. And uh, the running backs for the Colts, uh, I mean, obviously you don't have, you don't have Jonathan Taylor. Nike Himes goes down. First of all, that was a, a, a scary play when Nike oh, yeah. Himes goes down and he's just walking around. It was kind of like the whole Tua situation. That's, and, that, and, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. You, and, you know, good call by the Colts and, you know, the, the neurologist and whoever would happen to rule him out of the game right away, not even allowing him back in the game. Yeah. Because, again, it's one of those scary situations. And, you know, going forward, I'm glad the NFL is going to take a smarter approach and a more disciplined approach on the whole concussion front. Uh, you actually have it wrong. It's a back injury. <laughs> <laughs> I thought actually something came out. We might have had a back injury. I'm like, oh, am I, am, I, am I saying the wrong things? But um, that's at least another positive takeaway to to take out of last night's game. Not that Naheem Hines got injured, obviously, but they got it right this time. the The Colts medical staff and the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant they got it right this time, and um. I don't think it's been officially agreed on yet, but I might have mentioned this in a previous show, how the NFL and the NFL Players Association have agreed to new parameters for the concussion protocol, which would close the gross motor instability loophole. So any gross motor instability, whether you know caused by something neurological or orthopedic, would be grounds for a player's removal from the game. And you know, they'd be unable to return. So at least they got that one right last night, and that that was scary. That was even worse than what we saw from Tua in the Bills game. So I just hope that uh, Naheem Hines is all right. Yeah, and again, another scary situation for the Broncos as well is two of their star players, one on the offensive side of the ball and one on the defensive side of the ball, have both been ruled out for the rest of the season. Last night, cornerback Ronald Darby suffered a torn ACL in last night's game. Uh... And then Garrett Bowles also suffered a broken leg and will be out for the rest of the year as well. So, you know, not a good look for the Denver Broncos. They, you know, they they lose, you know, two of their key players, one on the defensive side of the ball, and their starting franchise left tackle um, for, you know, on, you know, protecting Russell Wilson's blind side. So, again, not a good look overall. But nonetheless, Dan, any more thoughts on that game? What what a horrible game it was. I mean, I, I'll say this over and over again, but there's a lot of stats here that I pulled away from last night. Uh, last really? night's game had seven field goals, 10 sacks, four interceptions, six fumbles, and 12 punts. I, I don't remember any other game like that. The Colts became the second team in the Super Bowl era to win a game in which they scored zero touchdowns through multiple interceptions and sacked at least six times. They joined the 1973 Browns, who beat the Giants in Week 13, 12-10. And then uh, my, my last little thought, Matt Hawk is actually a good punter. Yeah, he punted pretty solidly. Uh, you know, who, who would have thought he punted seven times yesterday, which is the same amount of times the Bills have punted this season? Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, first of all, interesting stats, Stan. Uh, uh, you got on that. Uh, Matt Hawk actually... Hasn't been that bad of a punter for the Colts thus far. But, uh, hey, we got we got a, a guest joining us for the show for the next uh, hour and a half, two hours. You want to introduce yourself, man? 
Hi, uh, my name is Alec. Uh, just joining the show. I actually, uh, you know, funny story. Um, how I found out about this. Um, I sort of uh, was. I was. I went to the wrong room. I got. I had to get refunded for a vending machine. And I believe you said, Evan, you're like, hey, you want to join? And I'm like, heck yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of sports. So yeah, my name is Alec. Uh, and like the reason why I want to talk about the Denver game. I watched the last night. It's it, it would it has to be the most boring game I've ever seen. I mean, it was just going. At first, it was nine to six. Broncos were winning, and <laughs> and after that, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think Russell threw a pick, and then the Colts dro- drove down to like field goal range, and then they tied it up and went to overtime. I think, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, they did. Uh, you know, yeah. The uh, the game was nine to nine. Going into overtime, Russell Wilson did throw that interception yeah. on third and four in the red zone, which allowed Matt Ryan and the Colts to go back yeah. down the field, tie the game up, and take that to overtime. And then we obviously know what happened. Russell yeah. Wilson, that's another thing I want to talk about before we wrap up, move on from this game, is that you know there's a lot of fans bashing and criticating what Nathaniel Hackett's done as a head coach thus far. Yeah. But you have interceptions that Russell Wilson is throwing, you know, just throwing blind, like blind passes to the defense, just loft passes, and then, you know, making terrible decisions in the red zone, costing his team the game. Joe, what were your thoughts on Russell Wilson on fourth and one, where Uh he had KJ Hamler wide open, coming over the middle of the field on a slant pass, but he just had his eyes, you know, directed on Cortland Sutton? Honestly, I look at it to pass Geno Smith would have made 10 out of 10 times. I think Denver got fleeced on the trade. I, we're looking at it now. I mean, <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I think honestly the stress and the pressure got to him. He just wasn't, he didn't see the whole field clearly. He couldn't, you know, if I were in that situation, I wouldn't be able to compute it either. I just went for who I like. The play was probably designed for who he was looking for. And, and Sutton's was, his guy. Exactly, yeah. And he was probably waiting for him and was not looking anywhere else, and it just didn't develop. And then, you know, we had the temper tantrum in the back of the end zone with both the mascot and throwing the helmet. So it was quite a quite a, a scene. Yeah. So Yeah, and, and another thing, Dan, I actually want your input on this as well. So yeah. Russell Wilson's under contract for a while with the Denver Broncos. He's under contract until 2028 with the Denver Broncos, signing that big five-year, $250 million extension. Now, do... Myself currently, do I think Russell Wilson is, is is washed at this point in time? I don't know yet. It's only been five games. I want to let at least uh, a little bit more of the season play out before I start calling him fully washed. Does he look like the same quarterback a couple years ago? No way. But now here's my question for you. The Broncos are in a very stressful situation with, with Russell Wilson. Let's just say he completely falls off the side of the earth. And he is not the same quarterback that they thought when they were signing this extension with him. The dead cap money over the next few years, 2022, $124 million. 2023, $107 million in dead cap, $85 million in 2024, and $49 million in 2025. And it slowly decreases. In 2026, you get to $31 million. But that's still a lot of money that a team would have to take on dead cap if they got rid of said player, and this said player being Russell Wilson. Dan, if Russell Wilson falls off the face of the earth completely, what do you do if you're the Denver Broncos? You keep him. I, I honestly believe that it's not Wilson right now. I believe it's more of the system. Uh, whatever Nathaniel Hackett is putting in his brain, is he's trying to do what he did with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and I don't think he understands that 
Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are two completely different quarterbacks. One is a pocket passer. One runs out to the side to extend plays. Um, but you also got to think, Russ doesn't take this game seriously anymore, in my mind. Because he's been doing commercials and TikToks that are just uh, cringe in the country. one That's way not. to say it. I, I mean, the danger witch and <laughs> saying, ooh, that's spicy. What, like, only banana peppers. Yeah, but it's only banana peppers. I don't understand why you're doing this. Like, why, how cringe you are. Even Nathaniel Hackett is cringe in some oh, ways. There's, like, clips of him yeah. being weird. I, um, there's one, I want to I say something about that. You mentioned how Nathaniel Hackett is cringe. I'm pretty sure that throughout training camp and practice that he would ha- like if two of his players fought he would say all right guys go out in the middle of the field and hug it out like okay first <laughs> like of right all, on the 50 just like yeah like right on the 50 right on the logo um just hug it out have a good time really make up like these hyper competitive football players that you know are doing this for for their entire life they're like they're going at each other whether that's practice or a game yeah they're going to want to you know, make up and especially hug in the middle of the field after something like that. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so I have something added on to the Russell Wilson situation. So, wait, what's your name? Dan. 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 Okay, Dan. Sorry, I'm new. But uh, so aside from your point, Dan, I agree. He has – I don't think he takes it seriously, but I think it's more the system too, like you said. And if you think about it this way, we all saw what Russell Wilson – I know he's not the same person, but like we all saw what Russell Wilson did with the Seahawks, right? He did really well, and, you know, I mean, he oh. – we, you know, we've all seen what, you know, Russ Wilson has done, you know, with the Seahawks and all that. And like you said, it's more of a system problem. I think – I mean, it's not like he doesn't have any weapons, you know. I mean, I, I get it's maybe Hackett's fault, but, like, I, I think Russ needs to sort of utilize his weapons like, he, you know, he used to in, you know – Seahawks. Now, I'm not saying Cortland Sun is an ex DK Metcalf or Doug Baldwin or anything. I mean, I, I think you can argue Sutton's yeah. potentially yeah. better, if not yeah. the same type of receiver yeah. as, as or Judy Metcalf. or anything for that matter. Um, yeah, Judy can't catch a. I know. Oh. Hey, <laughs> like that's another thing with with Judy. I mean, when you look at the Broncos' receiving core, Cortland Sutton has been off to a great start this year. He is one of the better receivers in football, in my opinion. Not like top ten or anything, but he's one of the better guys that you can find. Um, you know, to put on your roster as one of your top receivers. And Jerry Judy, a young receiver going into year three, is he on the level of guys like CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson and some other guys from that draft class? No, he's not. Uh, but nonetheless, he's still a fine receiver. He still has a lot of potential to be a a really good player in this league. But I just don't think it's it's shaping up. Like, I mean, you see some of the times that Judy's even open. I mean, you saw that wheel route. Russell Wilson hits him in stride. That's a touchdown. You saw Judy was open on a on a great double move from the receiver. Russell Wilson throws a literal moon ball that allowed to the defensive back to make a play on the football. So, like, Russell Wilson isn't helping out Jerry Judy either. Like, he's not helping out Judy's case to develop into one of the better young receivers in football. So, nonetheless, I mean, when you, when you take this game as a whole, Russell Wilson didn't play well. Nathaniel Hackett didn't coach well. The Denver Broncos played well as a unit, I would say, defensively, but they just really couldn't get anything done with Russell Wilson really, you know, losing the game for the Denver Broncos. You know, that's something that people are going to have to realize is that 
Russell Wilson might not be the same quarterback anymore and that the Broncos could be in in some deep trouble if he keeps declining, especially with the contract that they gave him. Yeah, honestly, it's just it's at the point now where, you know, he's not the young Russell Wilson everyone yeah. remembers for the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, with age, we, we've seen age. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady at the, you know, tail end of their, their career age-wise and you know, they've adapted. They don't play the same as they did. Russell Wilson might have to adapt and change his play style a little bit. But even Evan said, his legs weren't the issue. Like, he didn't look bad on the, no, run, like the ground. Could, like, if Russell Wilson had space to move, yeah. he moved. He ran out of the pocket and he extended plays with his leg. Exactly. And I think, honestly, an offensive line upgrade might save him and his play style a little bit. Yeah. But he's got to get that deep ball back in. And whether that is still a trailing thing uh, from his tendon. Snapping in his hand, something's not the same, or it's just he's got to reconfigure it and figure it out, or not get so flustered. Well, he's just got to figure that out. That's a big thing. Yeah, and you saw one thing with Russell Wilson, especially in his younger days, is he would dance around the pocket, extend plays extensively with his legs. And I'm not saying his legs are gone, but you can clearly see that he's not the same runner of the football yeah. mm-hmm. that he was a few years ago, and that really limits his game in general. And again, he is a smaller quarterback. You have to take that into consideration. He's right. smaller. He's only 5'11". He's yeah. not a big guy. Um, so you saw a couple times where he couldn't see over the offensive line trying to find his receivers. He got a couple passes batted down right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, so again, it's hard for him. And like like that, that deep ball pass that he threw through the interception was just... It was interesting because you were like, okay, Wilson, what are you doing? He he really stepped up in the pocket and kind of threw the football deep while colliding his arm with, like, the offensive line, defensive lineman's arms. It, it was something that I just have not seen out of yeah. Russell Wilson it, probably since his rookie year. Yeah, it looked like a punt. Like, it was, yeah, it really was. It was just a, a terrible punt um, and something that we should not expect out of Russell Wilson, yeah. but we did. Yeah, now a uh, follow-up question. You know how that Black, Blackman guy is Julian Blackman? I don't know. Do you think if he was in the game, do you think it would have made a difference a little bit or not really in the Colts' favor? Nah. Not uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know why I asked that question. But, um, yeah. No, you're good. Uh, Dan, you got some? Uh, yeah, I mean, we we talk about, you just said, that it looked like a punt. I mean, Wade Phillips, big defensive coordinator, he has a Twitter? I I, I just recently learned this. I didn't think he would have a Twitter. But he said, I think the Colts and Broncos should think about punt be uh punt on first down. Uh like, yeah, that's how bad this game's going. A guy who hasn't coached in like the later half of like five years is telling both those teams just to punt on first down. Screw the game, screw everything, just punt. Yeah, right. I mean overall in general, I, I kinda wanna get to something before we get the break. Uh for the next eight minutes we can talk about this. Uh, Tanner, I'll bring you in on this conversation as well. Uh, the other day, Mr. Draymond Green got into a fight with his teammate in Jordan Poole. Now, there's a lot of speculation of what happened and you know what caused Draymond Green to punch Jordan Poole in the face. I mean, there was recently, earlier today, there was a recently leaked video from TMZ Sports of Draymond Green going up to Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole shoving Draymond Green for getting into his face, and then Draymond completely knocks down uh, Poole, uh, you know, with a punch to the face. Uh, Tanner, what were your uh, thoughts on that when you saw that, and what do you think the Warriors should do about it? 
I just I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around what Jordan Poole could have said that was so egregious to make Draymond you know lash out in that manner. What did he call him, Mr. Triple Single to his face? Like I don't know what uh, what could have caused that. I mean, we know Draymond's like a fiery guy. You know, he brings that on the court sometimes to a fault. You know, he can get a little over the line. Just ask you know Stephen Adams about that and anyone else that's gotten in an altercation with Draymond over the years, but. You know, he brings that passion, that competitive fire, but you got to be able to control it. You got to be able to channel it into something positive. And you know, I've seen reports that everyone on the war, everyone on the Warriors team has kind of noticed a change in Jordan Poole's attitude because, in all likelihood, they're going to roll out the Brinks truck for him sooner rather than later and give him a big old contract extension. But still, you know, you got to be able to control yourself better than that. Draymond's a grown man; he should know better than to be pulling stuff like that. And sometimes tempers flare at practice and. Yeah. You know, good teams do it. I mean, we saw it with the Buffalo Bills, Jordan Phillips and Josh Allen. Of course, it didn't get to uh, didn't get to that extent. Neither one sucker punched the other, but you know, tempers flare. But I just think Draymond. You know, he's a veteran player. He's got to set a better example than that. And you know, tempers might flare, but you can't you can't try and you know you can't try and Muhammad Ali one of your teammates and just knock him out cold. I mean, that's just not the way to go. I imagine you know there will be some kind of you know, fine handed down, maybe a hefty fine, maybe a one or two game suspension, three, four, five, anywhere in that range. But, you know, I think they'll they'll figure it out. I don't think this moves the needle much at all. The Warriors are still, you know, a championship contender, if not the favorites. So I don't think that uh, moves the needle much in that regard, but just not really a good look for uh, Draymond. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not a good look at all for Draymond. I mean, myself, I'm a Warriors fan. I'm going to admit I'm a Warriors fan, so if you guys want to, you know, call in and call me a bandwagon for being a Warriors fan, you can call in at 878-5104, 878-5104, and join this conversation about the Thursday Night Football game. Give us your thoughts on that or our future conversation conversations we'll have down the line uh, talking a little bit of Bills versus Steelers preview. But, yeah, you know, my in-depth thoughts on the whole Draymond Green and Jordan Poole situation, it's one of those things, like you mentioned, Tanner, we saw it between Jordan Phillips and Josh Allen, not to the extent like you mentioned, but nonetheless, you know, when when the intensity's up, I mean, obviously the NBA's getting back into the swing of things, when the intensity's up and the adrenaline's there and, you know, the emotions are flying, you know, higher than they ever flied in a couple months with these guys since the NBA playoffs, something like that may or may not happen. Uh, and, you know, that's that's the nature of sports. Whatever sport you play, it could be soccer, baseball, hockey, whatever. At the end of the day, all these guys that play sports are hyper-competitive athletes, and once in a while, an action like that could happen. Does it suck that Jordan Poole had to get you know, punched in the face by Draymond? It does, but again, that happens. Dan, did you, did you have something to say on it? I think it sounded like you did. Richie Incognito, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bully, bully game. I, I tell you what, Harrington, if... If things go downhill here with the Warriors and the season doesn't exactly uh, go as planned, you can always come uh, come over to Hawks Nation. You can come nah, sit in the Hawks Nest. Yep. You see Trey and DeJounte in their first game together, 47 points, 10 boards, 12 assists, 53% from hey, the field. I mean, know I know you like the Splash Brothers, I but do, um, come on. You can't, you, how can you hate here, on the DeJounte backcourt? I'll say this. Um, since they're an Eastern Conference team, and Golden State's a Western Conference team, I'll make the... Uh, the Hawks, my Eastern Conference team. That's right. Um, but if if the Hawks and the Warriors are playing each other, or for some reason ever meet each other in the finals, uh, 
that little relationship that we had with one another is out the door. All right, all right. All right. I know. I remember you were a part of Dub Nation for uh, the playoffs, yep, which was cool. Honorary member. Yeah, it was good. And we uh, vice versa. If I if I um ever have to uh, partake in that. Oh, I think uh, Alec wanted yeah. to say something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm not really a big NBA fan, but you know, from you guys talking about like the Draymond Green thing, I uh, looked it up on my phone, and it said that he was apologetic. Like from what you said, Evan, you know, like it, you know, things like this happen. You know, it's just you, sometimes you can't prevent it, sometimes you can. But I mean, I, I played sports before. I know that sometimes emotions can get the best of you, and I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of. I don't know why Draymond Green did it, but, you know, obviously it's not fair that he got punched, but, you know, there's obviously that's going to be something to be worked out between the team. Yeah, no, definitely. There needs to be something worked out in general. But, hey, um, I think we're going to take a quick break, guys. Uh, We'll get back, talk a little bit of Bills football. If you guys ruled out for the Bills, we'll get into that a little bit after the break. Go through the full injury report. Uh, Is the full injury report out yet? No. No. Okay. But we'll go over some of it. We'll go over yesterday. Semi-full. Semi-full. We'll go over yesterday's injury report as well that was thrown out on Thursday. And we'll be back on the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. Places really fast. The last play is meaningful, not in just that it was KJ Hamler or not that he missed. It's the reaction afterwards from Hamler. It's spiking the helmets. It's that, I, I don't know, I don't know when Russell Wilson turned into Mitch Trubisky. But uh, I wish he would turn into Geno Smith so they could win a game. <laughs> okay? Because Geno makes that play 10 times out of 10. And then afterwards, you know, they got a fourth and one. They want to go for it. And look at that. That is a teammate that is on national television that is at home. Afterwards, it's just perfect. They, they pass when maybe they should have run. I think Russell Wilson is one of the least authentic personalities we have in this league. I think Russell Wilson is a poser. And that doesn't mean he's a bad person. I actually think he's a good person. I think he tries to be something that he's not. And when you make the $245 million, you either got to be a really great guy with the locker room who loves you, or you got to be an amazing player. Brady, who makes half of what Russell's making, is both. Rodgers, MVP. Patrick Mahomes, both. Allen, people love him. He's amazing. Kyler, will find out. Russell Wilson, first of all, the NFL, the Broncos fan base has no history with him. They have no allegiance to him. This is not a Seahawks thing that they drafted him, they grew up with him, he's their guy. None of that. You know, I, got, I work the, the NFL honors. I work the red carpet. Kelsey comes by. Rodgers comes by. Russell Wilson shows up with his sunglasses and his wife, and they, I think they think they're, they're Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they will literally put their hand up and say, no, we're not talking. Why? It, it, because you think you're that cool and you're that famous and you're that amazing and everything is so perfect. That does not work in a locker room unless you are really good or really, really good guy. It just doesn't work. $245 million, bucks that can come unraveled fast. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're missing throws like that and you're putting up nine points in a nationally televised game. Um, look out. This could come off the rails. It could. Yeah, and welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. My name is Evan Harrington. I am still your host for the next little bit here. I am joined still by Tanner Saunders, Double D Dan Dale, Joe Kelly, and Alec. Um, what's your last name again? Uh, Komchinski. Komchinski. Kom- all right. There we go. Do Join- I pronounce? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, my bad on that. Wait, hold on a second. Can I? Kyle Brandt. What was that? You know what? Yeah. I, I have. I take issue with this. Hold on a second because, you know, K.J. Hamler can take his helmet off and freaking spike it in the field of play after oh, yeah. losing a close game, and it's not a problem. But Ken Dorsey loses his crap up in the booth. And nobody, nobody, uh, nobody, nobody would have known about it had it not been for um, – for CBS, you know, snitching on him, putting 
you know, showing the camera feed from the booth, but that's a big deal. But KJ Hamler can take his head off or take his helmet off and go berserk on the field, and that's not a big deal. Come on, man. Even the mascot, I mean, <laughs> I, if we're talking about adults, uh, you know, making temper tantrums, talk about a mascot who makes like more salary than all of us. <laughs> yeah, right. And I mean, oh, you got. I mean, I want to talk about an adult temper tantrum. It, it's very. It makes me remember the helmet throwing. Dan Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Oh, that classic temper tantrum. Yes, yeah, came back and smacked him. But Kyle Brandt, yeah, absolutely went off. Now you hear where I got my 10 times out of 10 Geno Smith would get the, you know, get the playoff quote from, yeah. you know. So, no, I mean. I, no, that was a good one. There you yeah. go, Joe. There you go. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. He's got a point, though. I feel like he's got a little bit of a point here. But when he started going off about the whole personality thing, that's where he lost me. I don't, I don't yeah. want to attack someone yeah. personally like that. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. I mean. It's an interesting situation that we're going to have to just ha- be an outside viewer for for the next uh, you know few weeks as the Broncos look to get their footing back up um, and straight. So speaking of footing, the Buffalo Bills actually released the latest injury report as we were coming out of break. And it was already reported that the a few of the players that will be out for this game includes... Uh, Christian Benford, hand, we kind of knew that. Same with Jamison Crowder with his ankle injury. Jordan Poyer is out with a rib injury. He'll be out for this game. And then also Dawson Knox and Jake Kumaro will be out. So a few players for the Bills already are out. I'll go over the rest of the injury report in a minute. But, Joe, I'll start with you. What do you think the implications can be going up against the Steelers with a rookie quarterback having someone like Jordan Poyer out? I mean, honestly, if you, if, I mean, everyone saw Kenny Pickett last week. He's a gunslinger. He's not afraid to launch one down the field, you know. And it's like when you don't have that safety, the odds of those those plays actually working, you know, like the chance goes up to about fifty fifty, the the fifty fifty grab ball, you know. So without Poyer playing lockdown out there, I mean, I'm not the most worried because it is a rookie quarterback. But at the same time, no Hyde, no Poyer, you know, Hyde's out for the season. So it's just it's a lot we're missing in that, but. Honestly, I'd rather not see them play, and then we have to do more on offense this week and save them for the Chiefs next week and make sure they're fully healthy because that game's going to be a slugfest all the way through. All right, let me get your uh, thoughts on this, Dan. Dawson Knox is out. Now, Knox hasn't been utilized the most yet throughout the season, but with some of the injuries at the wide receiver position for the Buffalo Bills, you would like to see Dawson Knox out there to be another weapon for Josh Allen to throw to. What are the implications with Dawson Knox out? I I don't think that you need to see Dawson Knox out there. In my mind, you have Quinn Morris who's taken over the backup role for Tommy Sweeney. Sweeney will probably play this game because they love doing a two tight end set. So expect him to be off the inactive report this week. I really think Quinn Morris, this may be his step up. I mean, he he's a rookie. What, I, I think this is a perfect time for him to show out, show what he can do with Allen. You know, he's been passed to a little bit here and there when he's got separation. Uh, he could be one of Josh's most connected receivers if we keep on talking about, you know, all these injuries happening happening throughout the year or OBJ deciding to sign with us you know who knows at this point but I think Quinn Morris may be a really good second option yeah no definitely I agree with you on that um maybe we see a little more Reggie Gilliam lined up at tight end what do you got what do you got Joe 
I just want to toss something in here. You know, I, I, I foresee this game getting to a point where we're very far ahead. Not Maybe not as far as the Titans game, right? But we have a good lead in the third going into the fourth quarter. Pull every starter. Don't even risk it at this point. Sure. I mean, like yeah. they, they left. Hyde was out there. You know, that's where the injury came from. Like, get them out. Happened, we have a big uh, game Cole next Beasley week. Cole Beasley a few years ago against the uh, against the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Happy retirement, by the way, to Cole Beasley. Yeah, right. Four catches in the Bucks, and then he's gone. So. What's up, Alec? Well, I mean, that was just for a thousand yards, Joe. I don't think you can blame him. Yeah, they they true. tried to get him some like. I don't know if he had an incentive or something or just No, I don't think it was incentives. I think it was just because it would be his first season ever with a thousand yards. And how many slot receivers really get a thousand yards in a season yeah, if we no. think about it. That's true. Yeah. All right. So um I'd like to add about the um whole Steelers game. So as we know, Poyer, Hyde, Knox is what you said, they're all out, right? Uh yeah. That's yeah, true. so I I see this game as, you know, I think we will win. But it'll be an interesting game. And I'd like to add this because, as you know, two of our players are from Pitt and they had experience with Kenny Pickett. And I think that if, as long as, you know, if Dane Jackson, DeMar Hanlon, obviously they're probably going to be out there, they can probably read the play better from Kenny Pickett's experience as a quarterback. Yeah, no, definitely. You make a lot of great points there. And Tanner, I actually have this question proposed for you. Yeah. So throughout the week, Tremaine Edmonds' hamstring injury was a do not participate. Wednesday, same with Thursday, and also same with Friday, but his game status is questionable. Now, we don't know if they are just resting him throughout the week and he will be a full go when Sunday hits, or he'll be out and maybe you have to see a new middle linebacker taking place for Tremaine Edmonds in week five against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If so, who do you see taking that role for Tremaine Edmonds for week five against the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers? And whoever it is, how do you think they will perform? Mm, let's see. Um, so it's between, I would say, Dodson and Bernard. Um, I'm just looking to see. How how big each one is because that would that would play a factor. Well, Dotson's yeah. about six foot two forty. Terrell yeah. Bernard. He's around six one. He's around. He's a little smaller 6'1", than two twenty two. So yeah. I would probably lean towards Dodson. And I believe Dan. I remember on a previous show. I think he said you weren't totally sold on on Tyrell Dodson if he had to step in for Edmonds. But I would pick him over Bernard just because, you know, he's got more experience in the defense. I mean, you got to factor that in. Terrell Bernard's just a rookie, and this would be, what, his third, fourth career game, whatnot. Um, yeah, something along And Tyrell lines. Dodson's been with the Bills for multiple years now. He knows the system. He's a little bigger, which you're going up against a big back in Najee Harris, who's kind of, you know, that Derrick, not comparing him to Derrick Henry, but he's got that Derrick Henry archetype, you know. He's a big guy, so you kind of want a big guy in there to kind of to deal with him, even though he hasn't been outstanding this season. So I would, I would lean towards, if you're going to be without Tremaine Edmonds, I'd probably like to see Tyrell Dodson in there. Yeah, no, you make a lot of great points, and I think there's a lot of great points to be made. Tanner, uh, oh. d- yeah, no, I'm coming in on this. Right, go for it, don't, Dan. don't, don't you dare, uh, Tanner. Do you answer. think that maybe with Dodson's size of six foot, would that limit him in any way? I mean, if we're talking uh, Bernard, he's at least six three. He's got bigger size to him. So, do you think that plays anything into taking over for Jermaine Edmonds? Um, I, not. Entirely. I mean, 
It's not like, you know, Kenny Pickett's the biggest guy either. You know, he's six foot three, which is a decent size for a quarterback. So, you know, I don't think you're going to lose any sleep having that, you know, extra couple inches not out there. Plus, like I mentioned, Dodson, you know, he's got a little bit of weight on Bernard, which you figure with a rookie quarterback, you know, because rookie quarterbacks haven't always had the best success against Sean McDermott defenses. They're going to try and lean on the run game, so you want kind of a bigger guy in there, you know, to to contend with Najee Harris. Yeah, and I mean, you both mentioned Terrell Bernard and Terrell Dodson, a player that I actually want to throw into the mix that might not be a popular vote, but it's one to consider because he did play very well in the preseason at the middle linebacker position. That is number 54, our rookie, out of Clemson, Mr. Balen Spector, who is actually bigger than both Dodson and Bernard, coming in at six foot two, 234 pounds. No Tremaine Edmonds in height and weight, but nonetheless, he is a little bit bigger and played pretty well, mind you, be that, in the preseason uh, for the time that he did play in suit-up for the Buffalo Bills. Again, he's a player that you would have to consider as well. He's more of that prototypical middle linebacker, I would say. I believe Dodson and Bernard are both quality candidates to fulfill that duty. But if both of them don't pass um, you know, the eye test or uh, you know, volition of what McDermott and Frazier want, maybe a dark horse candidate to get in there is Balen Spector. But in my opinion, realistically, I would probably see either Dodson or Bernard probably Dodson uh, just because like you mentioned Tanner he is a veteran he has done his thing in the league for a long time especially with the Bills so that's that's where I stand on that yeah and um, you know with like you said about you know the dark horse candidate Balen Specter and I agree with you you know I saw the preseason games he played a really good job and another thing to consider I know I know uh, whoever said that Tyrell has experience I know he has experience and all but from what we've seen throughout the seasons and seasons go by or I should say this season in particular, that Tyrell Dotson and Terrell Bernard play more of a special teams type role. We've seen it, and I I mean, I think, didn't Tyrell Dotson have like a couple snaps last game? Well, I mean, the reason they played a special teams role yeah. is because you have guys like Tremaine Edmonds yeah. and Matt Milano in a, in a nickel defense where yeah. there's only two linebackers to be put on the field, and those two guys simply do not come off the field barring any sort of injury. So... You can have the most talented linebackers in the world behind Edmonds and Matt Milano. They're not getting on the field. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to play yeah. special teams. But nonetheless, all right, let's 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 move on throughout the rest of the injury report. Uh, Gabe Davis, ankle. He was a full participant Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. His game status hasn't been yet determined, but safe to say he plays and his ankle looks a lot better. Uh, Daquan Jones, um, had a vet rest on Wednesday, but other than that, he was great. Mentioned Dawson Knox is out. Jake Kumro has been ruled out for this game. Uh, Cam Lewis, forearm slash knee. He was a full participant uh, Wednesday through Friday, so that is good news to hear. A Swiss Army knife in the back end that the Bills like to deploy here and there on their defensive on their defensive scheme. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, concussion. He was a, a DNP uh, Wednesday, limited Thursday, and limited Friday. I'm pretty sure someone correct me on this, but he is still in concussion protocol, just practicing. Hasn't yeah. been taken out yet. All right. Yeah, so he is still in concussion protocol. Hasn't been taken out yet. But his game status is questionable. And things are potentially pointing to for the chance of Isaiah McKenzie playing, which would be huge for this Buffalo Bills offense. Um, another player that we would like to have at full health 
is Mitch Morris, his elbow. He was full Friday and Thursday. Good news on that. But some other players that we would like to have back in this Buffalo Bills lineup. Uh, Justin Murray, actually. Foot injury, limited, limited, full. Game, sta- game status not yet determined. And then Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips. Uh, Ed with the ankle injury, Jordan Phillips with the hamstring injury. All limited throughout practice uh, this week. Both questionable um, for this Sunday. And then Jordan Poyer has been ruled out, like we mentioned a second ago. So is there anything else on the injury report that stood out to you guys and anything else in general? You know, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the only way for us to determine um, if Ed or Jordan Phillips is out is if they elevate someone from the practice squad, right? I I think that's how they determine it, right, if I'm not mistaken? Not always. I mean, sometimes it's just in case if somebody looks really well on the practice squad. I mean, Braden Bryant's been getting the call up for multiple games now. I mean, of course, that's for injury reason. But he's been getting a chance to show what he can do. I mean, sometimes it just depends on what did, what Leslie Frazier and McDermott are planning for this week. And I bet you this week we're going to see a lot of defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of defensive ends. They're going to send pressure. They're going to pressure this rookie QB into throwing off his back foot and throwing it to whoever's back there, making weird contested throws. It, it, it's just going to be – they want to make this as – Dirty as possible. Yeah, Steelers O-line. Is Steelers O-line that good this year or not really? Or not really. Not it's really. probably a bottom yeah. 10 O-line. Yeah, yeah. No. so Im- imagine this, you know, picture this, you know, because we obviously Daquan Jones starting lineup, whatnot. Think about Ed Oliver coming back and, you know, Rousseau and Vaughn just bringing pressure. It, it's just going to be, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be a field day for our D-line because we're just going to get after Kenny Pickett the whole time. And Kenny's, you know, Kenny with him being a rookie, he won't know what to do. Like but, he's not facing like a Jets defense that he did the last week. He's facing a Bills defense who's probably much more experienced, much more, you know, more in depth. But you know, like really, you know, just you know, overall better skilled players. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of hit the nail with that one. You know, the Bills defense being one of the top units in the NFL, the Steelers O line not being one of the top units at their at their respective position. Also, and you know, Tanner mentioned, you know. Kenny Pickett's a gunslinger. He's going to make mistakes, and if the pressure's getting to him, he might throw up a ball into Marham Johnson or whoever might pick that off. Right. No, and um, just my initial thoughts with this, the injury report and everything, it's, it's, it's honestly a lot of this is probably tentative, right? Like, like Phillips is practicing, Oliver's back to practicing. Am I right on that? Yeah, right. you know, Oliver's been practicing. So I think this is just... They're on there. This is a game against a rookie quarterback and a team with a losing record that hasn't really put the pieces together so far yet. I think they're kind of taking it, not lightly, but it's not. I think their big concern, even though Josh Allen said um, he wasn't really, he hadn't really, he forgot they were playing the Chiefs next week. Um, (laughs) I think their big concern is getting every starter pretty much as much, as many starters as they can healthy for that big game because that is going to be the game everyone's watching on CBS primetime at 4 p- 4.15 p.m. because they wanted that game. So, Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> definitely, for sure. You got something to add, Dan? No, I, I do want to go over the Steelers injury report. I mean, that yeah, just yeah, came out, too. too. Go for that. Uh, yeah, the the Steelers will have Minka Fitzpatrick and Cameron Hayward in the lineup. Cameron Sonnen, uh, the cornerback, is questionable, but told Steelers.com he is playing Sunday, but with... Okay, 
I, I'm I'm trying Akalo. not to. Akalo. What was yeah, the, what was Witherspoon. Uh, Levi Akalo. Wallace is going to get a start. Levi Wallace is going to try to show the Bills why they should have signed him uh, back when free agency started, you know. Um, Deontay Johnson looks like a go. It, it pretty much seems like they're going to have their full lineup, but two guys maybe, and that other guy may be Terrell Edmonds, uh, who's out other than Witherspoon. So, you know, that's that's not great to see that they have a lot of people getting off the injury report, but I, I think it's still big that Levi gets a start where he's been in the uh, Steelers' depth chart, the fourth corner. You know, not a guy who has the production level to start. Um, in their mind, and now he's going to be facing off against Gabe Davis. Yeah. And, oh, sorry. Oh. And another thing I want to add is, you know, as we know, T.J. Watt, an absolute monster, he's not going to be in this game. And it, it, it's a good good news for us because, as we know, T.J. Watt has been a force to every team since he – well, I would say since he started playing in the NFL. But it's good that, it's good that you know, he's not playing because I think – you know, there would be a lot more pressure than, you know, as expected on Josh. But, like, I think our O-line will protect Josh. Obviously, our O-line has gotten significantly better. And it's just, it will be fun. It will be fun to watch. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And, you know, before we had to break in about seven minutes here, I want to go over a little bit of the Steelers' team statistics. Uh, you know, where they rank offensively and defensively. As of right now, as a whole team, offensively, they're averaging 18.5 points per game, which ranks 23rd in the NFL. Not the worst, not the best, kind of riding that below half, middle of the pack type of ranking. Uh, Yards, they're averaging 278.8 yards per game, which is 30th in the NFL. Nothing good to really uh, look at that in general. Uh, Their third down conversion rate is at 37.25%, which is 19th in the league. Their fourth down conversion rate, actually, mind you, beat is the best in the NFL at 100%. Not exactly sure how many attempts they've actually had, but nonetheless, they are first in the NFL on that. And Red Zone's scoring percentage is at just about 66.6%, which is sixth in the NFL. So, they are converting on fourth downs and converting in the red zone. Mind you, be that. Not putting up a whole ton of points, but they're only averaging 1.8 touchdowns per game. But when they do get down in the red zone, when they do convert on fourth downs, they are doing it at a high level. Uh, defensively, though, they're allowing about 22.5 points per game, which is 15th. And I'd say those numbers are probably not really in favor of the Steelers' defense. We know the Steelers' defense is a good defense. They are much better than their overall statistics say just because of what the offense has really done for that defense, you know, having them play longer drives and this, that, and the third. Uh, Opposing yards per game, they're allowing about 383 yards a game, which is 24th. Uh, Opposing points per play, or opposing yards per play, 5.1, which is 12th in the league. So they're not giving up too many points per, or uh, yards per play, which is, you know, good to see if you're, a Steelers defender uh, opposing red zone scoring, only allowing 60% red zone uh, conversion rate, uh, 19th in the league, uh, and then opposing fourth down conversion rate, 62.50, uh, which is 21st in the league, and then opposing third down conversion rate, 45.31, uh, which is 26th in the league. So they're kind of riding that back half, 
to the bottom third of the rankings on conversion rates in the NFL. What do you guys think about just some of those stats overall? Uh, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I, I don't really have any words. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. I'll tell you what, overall, I'm not uh, not too worried about this when you throw that out at me, given that, you know, what we've seen from them from a production standpoint so far this season, and, you know, you look at what rookie quarterbacks have done against Sean McDermott's Bills, um, completing less than 60% of their passes, 57.1 to be exact, about 165 yards a game, five touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and only three wins and seven losses, you know, I I feel confident. I like us. I like us this weekend. But although I will say, you know, three or two of those three wins that rookie quarterbacks have gotten on us came, you know, last season, obviously, with Trevor Lawrence and then McCorkle in the um, in the wind bowl there on Monday night that I was at. But, oh, man. you know, all things considered, you know, the fact that the Steelers have been pretty anemic this year on both sides of the ball and Sean McDermott's track record against l- rookie quarterbacks, I, I like us, simply put. And um, I know it's probably not going to be a big issue, but we all know who George Pickens is, right? Yep. We all know NFL. NFL young boy. NFL yeah. young boy, yes, sir. And we all know that he was known for throwing water balls at his opponents and pushing other people. And I think it was quoted in a college game. Uh, if I can quote it correctly, he's like, if I can remember correctly, this has got to be the most immature player in college football history. My question is, I don't think he's going to be a problem, right? Like, do you think he's going to be a problem at all? Um, a problem for Bills defenders. Yeah, I I think he can be. I mean, he he was you know a first round draft pick. He's a highly talented receiver. We saw some of the catches he can make yeah. contestedly. Uh, he's a good player. He's he's talented. And, and if you throw up a ball to him, wouldn't be surprised if he did come down with a, a football on a contested catch, whether that's over Dane Jackson or Kyrie Elam. I mean, George Pickens, like he's a he's a good receiver. Deontay Johnson's a good receiver. Chase Claypool's a good receiver. Pat Fryermuth is a good tight end. Uh, Najee Harris is a good running back. I mean, they have offensive pieces. It's really just kind of up to Kenny Pickett to get them the football. Uh, and again, like you mentioned, Tanner, a few moments ago, Kenny Pickett is a gunslinger. If he gives Pickens a chance, if he gives Johnson or Claypool a chance, there will be times where they do come down with the football on a contested catch. Those are just the type of receivers there are. They are. Our corners, I would say, are good, and they played uh, better than expectations were probably set for them. But again, these are talented receivers, so if something comes down where they have a contested catch over our guys, you know, should expect that. Pickett had a uh, he made a couple nice throws to Pickens in that uh, in that Jets game. They hooked up on a couple nice back shoulders, um, and Pickett. Um, you know, he looked good. Um, there was one play in particular where it was a third down. He got blitzed straight up the middle, got hit right in the mouth, but got it to Fryermuth for a first down that set up one of their uh, one of their touchdowns. So, you know, he's he looked solid in his debut. But, again, Sean McDermott's track record against rookie quarterbacks is just too much for me to say, like, oh, Kenny Pickett's going to march right into Buffalo and hand us the – no, not, it's not going to happen. So. I mean, do do you think we're a little worried about that, though? I mean, some way, because we kind of did this last year where we faced Pittsburgh week one and we were like, oh, yeah, Ben doesn't have an arm anymore. Ben's horrible. What What is the Steelers offense and defense going to do to us? We're Buffalo. We're great. We have this huge, great roster and, you know, we got our butts not really kicked, but we got a little like, yeah. 
you know. They got a blocked punt on yeah, us. Got right, a, yeah. We, we got a little carried away. Josh Allen faced a new coverage. Well, not a new coverage, I would say, but something he's not used to playing, you know, when they're, you know, just dropping back with eight guys in coverage and having three rushers getting to him with five old I, I mean, Josh I don't Allen think that's really, new. No, no, I, what I mean, it's something he hasn't played for an entire game in the NFL. They, they normally— The Chiefs? Chiefs did that a lot. I mean, I, I, I would even argue that the Jets do it a lot. Um, no, I'm like consistently against Allen. Allen like hasn't been comfortable enough in that setting yet. That like that's something more. What do you mean him. he wasn't comfortable enough in that setting? He, he he admitted to that he wasn't comfortable in that setting. And then, they're gonna say that all the time when they lose. That, Evan, that means nothing. What he said in my mind because they're just gonna say that every time that they they lose. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't see this. I mean, I mean, Dan, that's just realization of football. Is that something? When you're not ready for it, you weren't prepared for it, it wasn't something on film. They weren't running that on film. Probably when Josh Allen was watching film that week, it was something, it was kind of a curveball out of left field. Josh Allen had to adjust to it. And later down the line, he started playing better football. And again, I get it. Like, you know, it's probably something that some players make excuses for. I don't know. But I mean, at the end of the day, Josh Allen normally doesn't play against those types of coverages. The normal coverages he's been playing against has been the too high shell. And when you go up against a team that's running eight guys back in coverage and three guys on the line, when you're getting pressure on the quarterback, that's going to make a quarterback's, you know, life a little bit, a little bit worse and a little bit harder. And that was just something Josh had to adjust to. And he, he admitted that earlier in this week in his press conference. That was something that he had to adjust to throughout the year. But all right, uh, we're going to take a quick break on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. We'll be back after the break to talk a little bit of Sabres hockey. And then after that, we'll get into our game picks for Week 5. Inside the Buffalo line, he's on a... Try out here. Look out, big hit out at center. Hinnestros is knocked down by Bear, and now they're going to drop the gloves. Tate Thompson throwing them. Watch well, those. Throwing them. Goal scorer hands winding up and let them go. He can do it all, the kid. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State student activity fee. Um, my name is Evan Harrington. I am still your host for the next hour. Still joined by Joe Kelly, Dan Dale, Double D, and Mr. T. Sizzle, Tanner, Tanner Saunders. Uh, man, Tage Thompson fighting the, uh, the other night against the Carolina Hurricanes in the Sabres' final home preseason game. What were your guys' thoughts on Tage Thompson getting into it with Mr. Jalen Chet, uh, Chatfield from the Carolina Hurricanes in a fight. That's my goat right there. That's yeah. my goat. Tomer TNT, the Homer. TNT, and he was bringing, he was bringing it right there. He was bringing the explosives with some of those haymakers he was throwing, living up to his name. But man, don't get me started on Tage Thompson. You guys will learn that as I become more and more immersed in the Sabers. If you haven't already learned it already, but that that's my guy right there. Oh, just love that dude. That's the reason I got, or I'm starting to get into hockey. That is my goat. You go, Tage. Let me just say it. You know, I thought we were going to have to move things along quickly here with five people, though it looks like we're down to four now. So, you know what? For Sabres talk, all I was going to say is that Tage Thompson will be a 50-goal scorer this year, and Kevin Adams and Don Granado are the greatest general manager head coach pairing in the history of American professional sports. 
You're right. gonna Dan's actually turning red back here oh, after you said that. <laughs> um, he's blending in with the wall. I can't see him anymore. <laughs> but no, I I would 100 have to agree with you, Tanner. Best combination of GM and coach in all of the professional yeah. NHL, and it's just no. It oh he's he's starting. He's he's gonna. You, you might have to turn his level down preemptively he's here. About to blow. Yeah, no. but I uh, Tage Thompson watching one of his teammates get decked and coming in. You know, it it was just the the uh the best thing to see it was it was it was amazing and you know he shows that's the team that you need he's got that bond with his team he doesn't want to see anyone get whacked like that and he went in and i was thinking don't break your hand we just yeah, paid you don't right. break your hand so but he did it and they both fell to the ground so the fight was broken up and that was that but he proved he's for the team so and dan before you go off on a <laughs> semi little rant i just want to also mention uh when i was listening to the uh, press conference on my way home on w- wgr Don Granado was basically saying, like, yeah, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I, I suck. I, I don't want my 40-goal oh, score. <laughs> I don't want my 40-goal score, you know, going out there and fighting. But, hey, it is, it is good to see that, nonetheless, you know, a guy sticking up for his teammates, whether he has the A or the C or nothing on his chest, he is still a, uh, you know, visible leader on and off the ice. And Tage Thompson is doing his due diligence due diligence as that as he recorded a Gordie Howe hat trick with his assist and goal in the fight in that oh, game I as bet well. I know what's about to happen the phone's about to the phone's ringing off the hook I bet I know what voice we're about to hear right now oh I might have got him I might have got him going he, by, he has a by, he has an idea yeah by singing the praises of Kevin Adams we all know at least uh, four of us here know there's a very staunch uh anti-Kevin Adams uh person that listens to the show and i think we might be hearing from him here in a moment yeah oh, best. no maybe not i uh-huh. thought it was going to be dave not from gr i was sold yeah. uh-huh. i, I have be... no idea but uh, if, uh whoever was calling in I, I for some reason when i picked up the phone there was there was no no one there if you want to <laughs> again i'll pick up the phone line. it was a prankle uh yeah <laughs> probably speaking of calling in if you do want to join the conversation on anything give your input on anything around the uh, around the you know, the world of sports, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, etc., call in at 878-5104, 878-5104 to join the conversation and give your input on the Sabres, Bills, the Warriors conversation we had earlier, anything going within the MLB playoffs as well. We'll get into that in a few moments as well. But, uh, yeah, uh, keep going on what you guys were uh, discussing about there. I get harassed for all my saber takes every time. Uh, every time. I mean, all three of you. Dan, all three of you. Dan, it's it's fair, unfair. Dan, Tanner doesn't even know the sport yet, barely. And I get harassed. I, know, I don't understand it. I feel like I know enough about the sabers, yeah, at least. Yeah. I, not, not as much as I could, but I'm getting there. Once this season comes You're getting around, there, but you're what? not there yet. So, moving off of the whole, you know, getting up on Dan and stuff for he is... His question, I'm not going to say horrible, because there's no such thing as a horrible take, right? I mean, there, there's a couple horrible takes. I have been told it was a horrible take. We're moving that <laughs> questionable. We'll say it's a questionable take, uh, just because it is early. It's still a trash can. Right? <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> All right, uh, let's move over to the projected lineup for the Buffalo Sabres as they take on the Pittsburgh Penguins in their final game in the preseason. All right. First line, you have Peyton Krebs up on the wing, centered by Dylan Cousins, and on the right wing, you're going to have J.J. Paterka. A line that the Sabres are, you know, trying to work out a little bit. They're trying to get comfortable with this young line, call it the kids' line. You have uh, some really young players uh, in that lineup. A prospect in Paterka, Krebs, 
you know, making his way to be a full-time NHLer, and then Dylan Cousins going into his third year here. An interesting line that we we would like to see work out. Then you got Jack Quinn, Casey Middlestat, Alex Tuck. I think that lines look good. Uh, the, the couple times I've been to games in person uh, for preseason thus far, they've looked good. They've they've had some good chemistry with one another. Uh, and then you have Zemgis Gergensen's Rasmus Asplund, and Vinny Henestrosa. All right, that's more of a fourth line, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But your actual fourth line for this game is going to be Anders Bjork, Sean Malone from Rochester, and Victor Olofsson. Uh, probably the weirdest line combination I've ever seen in Buffalo Sabres history. Victor Olofsson getting centered by Sean Malone and winged with uh, Anders Bjork. Why is Olofsson that low? Has he yeah, been no. playing bad or something? No, no. I mean, no. I think they're just testing some things out. Yeah, more than no. Anything. They'll they'll have him probably honestly up on the line with uh, Skinner and Thompson for the first game that's, of the year. That's gonna be a good line. Yeah, I mean, honestly, my big thing is Middlestat being high up on you know second line center. You, you don't like that? I do, but it's definitely do or die for him at this yeah. point. Like this season, he's got to have a good season, otherwise, he's. We'll see you later. Like he's. He's gone. There's no. There's no other way about it. He's made of glass. He's got to. Can only use injuries as an excuse for so long. He's got to produce this season. Otherwise, we're going to be seeing a, you know, yeah, probably one of our prospects towards the end of the season come up and try and fill that spot or anywhere. Someone fill his spot. You know. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, in the final nine or so games of the season, if we're not potentially pushing for a playoff spot, maybe you see Matt Savoy come in and yep. you know take that. Uh, also, defensively, uh, you got Jacob Bryson and. Ilya Labushkin. I think this is a big game for both of those two. Get comfortable as a pair. Uh, then you have Lawrence Pilot um, uh, partnered with Prisky, and then Davies with Clegg as well. So that's your D pair for today. And then, wait, hold on a second. Can I ask a question? Who's going to be paired with Power once the regular season starts? I thought it was going to be Ilya. I think it's Labushkin. Yeah, Labushkin. That's what I figured. It, you yeah. know, I, I like to add this. Labushkin. I've seen you know if throughout his career, he's been known as a big hitter you know, defenseman. You know, he's a veteran, I believe, and I think if he's paired up with Power, maybe Power can learn some few things from him. Obviously, Power, he's, what, like six foot five, six foot six. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, so maybe, obviously, Labushkin is more of a physical player. Maybe Power can even learn a couple things from him. Maybe Power could be our next Victor Edmund. Who knows at this point? But, um, yeah, I, I've been a big fan of Labushkin since he's been playing, and, you know, I'm just excited to see him play. Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. And then Eric Comrie will actually be getting his first start for the Buffalo Sabres tonight as well. So that's going to be interesting. He's backed up by, by Lucan. And Eric Comrie, a player that— No, no, Evan, if, if you're going to say the name, you got to say it right. It's Uka Pekka Lukanen. Come on. UPL. Come on. You No, no, there is no abbreviation. You must say the full name in full— All right, we'll say it like Dan. Everyone, everyone— on, on the count of three, we're all going to get her on the mic and really go for this. All right. Dan, you're going to lead the charge. All right, go. Uka, Pekka, Lukanen. All right, yeah. one more time. One more time for good measure. Uka, Pekka, Lukanen. All right, there we go. Uka, Pekka, Going to take our stuff away because we just blew out everyone's car speakers. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, Anyone, um... You know, driving and your speaker you can, just went. You can blame us. You can just blame us. It's fine. The bass went crazy. Yeah, and if you want to call in to fix your speaker, on eight seven eight fifty one zero four eight seven eight fifty one zero four. 
we we're can, not fixing your we car. Can't fix your no. car. We can't fix your we car. We can't do that. We, we are can't. not liable for your broken. Yeah, car we're not speakers. liable for your broken. Car. Evan, don't make <laughs> us seem liable. You know, <laughs> you know, if you want to go to Duntar, maybe I can fix it. I'll pay for the whole thing. How about that? We All should right. make everybody. Right. Alec, Alec, Alec will cover your car payment. We should make everybody. I don't care how much money it is. All right, Alec, Alec, the new guy. Yeah, for the new guy. Yeah, new guy. New guy, ritual. Yeah, Alec, Alec, the new guy will um cover your car payment. So yeah, the Sabers are set to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight that will be a good matchup uh in itself overall but uh let's get into a little bit of the mlb really quick we're gonna take a break at uh 320 because we will get into our game picks after that but before that let's get into the rays versus guardians game dan what what were your thoughts on the tampa bay rays taking on the cleveland guardians as the guardians beat the tampa bay rays two to one in the first matchup of the mlb playoffs shane bieber is amazing I, I don't care what you say. He went eight full, almost eight full innings, and he kept this game close. I mean, that is definitely what you need from a Guardians team that isn't looking too hot. Um, they are the lowest record, I believe, in the playoffs, um, maybe except for one or two other wildcard teams. But they are the lowest uh, division leader um, in the sense of the Central. So... It's good to for them 100% to see that, you know, they're going to fight. They're going to keep fighting because the Rays have been dropping. I mean, shockingly, they were supposed to be the four seed and they've fallen all the way to the last. Uh, that that I don't think was in their plans. But um, they, they need to find something else that works for them because they had their top picture in uh, Shane McClanahan pitching today and he – Barely did anything. I mean, he went seven innings, seven hits, two allowed runs. You know, that's the two allowed runs killed them because the final score was two to one. So, you know, you just got to think if you're the Rays, you know this series is going to be close because it's against two teams that don't really have a big special player to them, um, except for the Guardians, who you may argue is Jose Ramirez, who's really good um, this season. But you just got to hope you got one more game raised. You lose the game, you're out. So you got to figure something out that works with your offense uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, also, there is a game currently going on, bottom of the fourth right now, a game tied 0-0 zero to zero between the Philadelphia Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals. Dan, uh, you know, other other thoughts on that as well? St. Louis has got to win. I mean, uh, there's there's no other way to say it in my mind, uh, just because it is a lot of the older guys' last playoffs. Uh, Albert Pujols, uh, Yadier Molina, and uh, Adam Rain or not Adam Rainwright, sorry, uh, one of their other pitchers that is leaving my mind. But, um, you know, you got to win it for the old-timers. That's, that's basically what it comes down to. You can beat the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies haven't made the playoffs in 11 years. There's a reason why they haven't made it in 11 years. Um, you, you, you just got to win. You're at home. You got, you got home field advantage. It's the biggest thing right now, I, I, especially in a tough NL competition where you have the Dodgers, where you have Padres and the Mets, who even though they lost a lot of games and lost their division, they're still pretty good. Same with the Braves. Braves don't win the division for no reason. So, I at this point, 
St. Louis, send it home. You're my second favorite team. Please win. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, definitely for sure. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of games coming up. My uh, good old Toronto Blue Jays are going to be uh, taking on the Seattle Mariners uh, tomorrow at 4.07 p.m. Got to say, I hope the I hope the Mariners take that one. No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. No, I was no, just no, trying no. to spark controversy. Nope, nope. Joe, <laughs> stay on a good side. Stay on a good side. At least for today. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. No, you know, I was good, just like, trying to spark a little controversy the, here, but you know, it didn't uh, work out. The Blue Jays are going to beat the Yankees, by the way. No, that's going to spark some controversy yeah, yeah. right yeah. there. Now you're starting to get <laughs> us mad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. What if What if it's like Aaron Judge will hit his in season 62 home run record in one game against the Blue Jays. <laughs> no way. No way. Yeah. No, that that's blasphemy if I've ever, you know, heard it in my life. You know, um, let me you know what? Let me tell you what. Imagine imagine actually watching the MLB. I'll tell you what, me and Joe Kelly, we're out here. We're following the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. That's our favorite. <laughs> yeah. That's our favorite baseball team. I ate a shrimp roll for lunch yesterday, sushi roll in honor of the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. So, right. heck yeah. That is awesome. You know what else is awesome? We're going to break and you know what else is awesome after the break we'll be getting in our week five game picks uh you know we got five people doing it this time so we'll give a quick in-depth analysis on all the games going on this week we'll be back on the blitz on 91.3 fm wbny don't live in buffalo but want to listen to wbny no problem download the radio fx app and listen to us anytime anywhere Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. I am Evan Harrington, still your host for the next 35 minutes. I am joined still by Mr. T. Sizzle, Tanner Saunders, Double D, Dan Dale, Joe Kelly, and our new guest for the week. We have Alec here. All right, let's get into week five game picks. Let's not even waste any time with this because, you know, NFL football is the best time of the year, and we are wasting no time getting into the game picks for this week. All right, so we watched the debacle disaster on Thursday Night Football on NFL Prime. Amazon Prime, actually, primetime in the Houston Texans. That's how bad it was. The Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos as the Colts beat the Broncos 12-9 in a disaster fest of football being played. All right, the 3-1 Giants taking on the 3-1 Packers. What does this world come to? That those two teams are both three and one. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Danny Dimes takes it. Brian Dable takes it. They beat Green Bay in London and ex- advanced to four and one. Aaron Rodgers chokes with the rookie receiving core he has. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are absolutely stuffed by the all-star defensive line of the New York Giants, New York Football Giants, and they win four and one Giants, three and two Packers, and the Giants win. Uh, 17 to 14. All right. Uh, look, I like Daniel Jones as much as the next guy. I like Brian Dayball, but we're talking about Aaron bleeping Rogers here. Like I know it was a little closer, a little closer than he would have liked to see last week for comfort for the green Bay Packers. But I think they, uh, they take the W here against the New York giants. I, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm picking the Green Bay Packers or the Giants. It's just you can't see Aaron Rodgers in a different reality losing. You know, yeah. the whole entire Giants team is basically run through Saquon Barkley. And yeah. they're facing a really tough 
Green Bay defense that their pass rush is probably really good. And I don't think I don't think that whole entire O line that the Giants have is not gonna hold up. Alright, so you mentioned that their whole team is run through Saquon Barkley because it is for a fact. He is one of my dark horse MVPs. I said this before the season started that the Giants could potentially start three and one or four and zero. We had Coach Lazarus Morgan on. You know, I said that. It's recorded. Everyone, anyone can go back in the archives and take that back from me. Um, I actually have an upset of the week. I think the Giants might be able to upset the Packers. It's not a bold take. It's not that bad when you really look at the full, you know, swing of things. The Packers played a close game against New England. The Packers played a very close game against the Bucks. The Packers' offense doesn't look like, like once was. So if the Giants can go in and upset the Packers, I think that is huge, and I think Coach Dayball can do that rightfully so. All right, Lions. Hey, at- whoa, wait, whoa, okay, hey. Did you not go? Hey, hey. I thought you went. I, I can't. Th- no. I thought. I thought it was. I thought we went in a circle already. My bad. Go. No. Go, go, go. I, I didn't do anything. Are you guys idiots? Come on, Packers, Cheeseheads, Alan R- Lazard, Aaron Rodgers, Tanner. You have the right idea. Come on. Sir. What? What is this? Alan, I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, the first player you mentioned you with the Packers, crazy? Dan. The first player you mentioned with the Packers was Alan Lazard. That's yes, bad because he's on my fantasy team. All right, me. we got a homer here. Let's move on. It's Green to the Bay, Lions baby. At Patriots. I'm, I'm, you know, start us off, Tanner. Lions. Because <laughs> no, I, is that it? Put, that's all I can say. They have the they have the best scoring offense in the NFL. They might also have the worst scoring defenses in the NFL. But you're telling me that Bailey Zappi's going in there and is going to set the world afire, even against a defense that's been historically bad? I don't think so. Give me Detroit. I am taking the Detroit Lions because Jared Goff has been in two of the highest scoring games in NFL history. He is him. He's him. He's him. And guess what? Guess what? The Rams are missing him right now. I'm picking the Lions. Oh, yeah. uh, wait. I, yeah, I'm going. All right. I'm picking the Lions in this one because, rightfully so, I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. I don't like the Patriots. It's pretty common as a Bills fan. I'm taking the Lions because Jared Goff, Amon St. Brown, give me the Lions over the Patriots. Lions all the way, baby. I mean, Bradley's happy now. There's film on him. Usually a backup quarterback does well when there's no film on the guy and that's what happened versus the backers it ain't happening against detroit matt patricia is gonna get shut down calling the offense because he's a defensive coordinator he's not an offensive coordinator last time i checked so give me the lions all right i have the detroit lions coming into coming into new england and beating them detroit lions one of the best offenses in football statistically the best right now but their defense just looks atrocious i think they get back on track uh, Sunday, and they beat the New England Patriots. All right, let's go over to the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Cleveland Football Browns in Cleveland. What are your guys' thoughts on that game? Tanner, go. Chargers, I mean, the Browns are down bad right now. Like, you're just, you're just coming off a loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe that lights a fire underneath of, of them, but I don't think so. I think they're down bad right now, and the Chargers take the win. I'm right there with you. The Chargers, the Browns will always have and always will be a poverty franchise. They can't figure anything out. You know, 0-16, I remember they paraded the city with garbage trucks one year. I will never pick the Browns. The Chargers, Justin Herbert, even with the fractured cartilage around his ribs, will be able to do it. Yep. I'm picking the Chargers on this one. I think that Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa is going to be too much for this uh, Cleveland Browns O-line. 
And I know that Cleveland, they got a backup quarterback, of course, Jacoby Brissett. But come on, you you cannot you cannot beat the Chargers. Come on, dude. Look, man, it, it it's happened before where the Browns could get a sneaky win. I mean, who knows? But am I out of my mind? Of course not. It's the Chargers. You gotta pick the Chargers if you're looking at this game. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Chargers as well. I mean, the Browns they have played a little better in my eyes than I thought they might have played uh, from the beginning of the season, but the Chargers. Are looking to get back on track, and how you know what? Not better to do it against the Cleveland Browns. All right, let's move on um, to the Houston Texans going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, this is probably a pretty easy game in many people's eyes. Tanner, kick us off. I am going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know Trevor Lawrence is coming off a rough game in which he turned the ball over five total times, but luckily he's not going against the last undefeated team in the NFL today. He's going up against the Houston Texans, so give me the Jaguars and the bounce back. I would definitely take the Jags. Um, the, 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 the Texans make me want to vomit when I say their name. They just haven't been there all season. Davis Mills? Not special, not special. Telling you that. And Trevor Lawrence is coming around and looking actually pretty decent. So I'm going to go with the Jags. I'm picking Jags on this one, not because Trevor Lawrence got a good head of hair, but I'm picking Jacksonville on this one because Trevor Lawrence, I have a feeling it's going to be a bounce-back game for him. I know Derek Stingley might be good, but come on. Just pick pick the Jags. Come on. Go, Dan. Jaguars, 110%. I mean, are we crazy here? Uh, Doug Peterson has turned this team around. And done everything that he can to make this team good. Houston with Lovey Smith, not even close. I mean, there's a reason why he was the last guy hired. All right. Uh, give me the Jacksonville Jaguars in this matchup. I believe the Jaguars are potentially a wild card team. They might be able to even win the AFC South. We don't know. They could. And I think this is a matchup for the Jaguars to get back on track. You know, they went into, you know, they played the Philadelphia Eagles last week. They started off hot, couldn't get back. And they lost that game to the Eagles. But you're facing a lesser opponent in the Houston Texans. This is a game for the Jaguars to get back on track. Go with, go to 3-2, and two, get a winning record. Get Trevor Lawrence to build up his confidence a little bit more. And let's see where that goes from there. All right, we got the Atlanta Falcons going in to Tampa Bay to play the newly divorced man in Tom Brady. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, wow. Whoa. Oh, they really went there. Whoa. All right. So, wait, can I go for yeah. I don't know. Right. So, I got Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the Falcons. So, reason number one, Tom might be a little upset about the whole divorce thing. I think it's going to fire him up. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He already took uh, family out of his Twitter bio. Yeah, I know. We're on, this, we're on the same page, Evan. But anyways. He doesn't like his kids and anymore. Also, and also, Kyle Pitts, he's going to be out for the game. We know how much of a big player he is towards the Atlanta Falcons offense. I know he's not doing well in fantasy, but he, you know, he's a big threat player, and I, I just don't see a reality like like Doctor Strange. I don't see a reality where Atlanta beats the. Oh, it's still his bio, Joe. What? It's still his bio. It's his family football. Oh, he must have seen a. Must have seen a, a. He was under fire. Yeah, he was under fire. I don't know. Maybe he's, Zach Wilson tried getting into Giselle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Zach well. Wilson made a move. I guess. Let's. Uh, what do you got, Tanner? Buccaneers, and it's not going to be twenty-eight to three. It's probably going to be like forty-eight to three. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right. Let's see what you got, Joe. 
Um, I'm taking the Bucks. I think Marcus Mariota is a fraud. Um, and then he, Don't say that, man. He's on my fantasy team. He was taken off of the Titans for a reason and replaced with the uh, backwards pass king, Ryan Tannehill. Um, so I definitely I think the Bucks. Brady's fired up. They come back this week, and they, they win big. We got Dan. No more kisses for the kids. Let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> but I <Wow>. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a blessing for them. Uh, wow. <laughs> I I think the Buccaneers win this game easily. They lost to Kansas City. They want to show the world that they can beat the heck out of Atlanta. Chris Godwin's going to go off. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you guys all on that. Giselle divorcing Tom Brady is going to spark a fire in that guy's rear end. And Tom Brady is going to have an explosive 350-plus yard performance with four touchdowns going up against the Atlanta Falcons, and the Patriots are going to beat the Falcons in this matchup. All right, we are going to take a turn past the Bills Steelers game. We'll cover that at the end of our game picks, but we'll go to the AFC East for a Dolphins versus Jets matchup in New York. Well, New Jersey, technically. Uh, What are you guys' thoughts on that one? Tanner, go. This might be an upset, but I'm going to pick the New York Jets to win this game. Obviously, you know, you're going up against a Dolphins team that's without Tua Tungavailoa, and I don't anticipate the uh, the wide receivers of the Dolphins being as big as an issue as you would think because Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed have been one of the best cornerback duos in the NFL this year. They've been targeted 37 times, only allowed seven completions, so a 45.9% completion percentage, 174 yards, 4.7 yards per attempt and zero penalties they're gonna shut down well not shut down but they're not gonna let those Dolphins receivers run wild all over them and I think Zach Wilson is only going to improve from what he did last week we saw what he did in the fourth quarter he went 10 of 12 including 5 of 5 on the eventual game winning drive so give me the Jets I'm taking the New York Jets I think Zach Wilson pops it off this week pops it off Against the yeah. Miami defense, and 100, 100. All right, I got I got the Jets with an absolute upset, and partly the reason why is because Zach Wilson's got the absolute dog in him. We all, all right. know, and he's going to pull the Mrs. Steely girl on Tom Brady with Giselle right after the game. Wow, we're we're the Jet. You're picking the Jets. When's the last time everybody's picked the Jets? I mean, that's crazy. Maybe that's crazy. I'm, I'm going with the Dolphins. I'm a realist here. I don't care who Tay Bridgewater, who you think he is. He's still a half-decent quarterback. Tyreek Hill, yeah, he's hurt. Who cares? They still have Jalen Waddle. Their, their defense is amazing. I'll give them I'll give Miami Dolphins credit. They have a really good defense. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Miami's going to come out with the win. I'm torn about this game just because I think the Dolphins had something building well offensively with Tua. And like you mentioned, Dan, Teddy Bridgewater isn't a half-bad quarterback when it comes to the full swing of things. But I really believed in what Tua was building over Miami offensively. And I think there's going to be a little bit of repercussions from how the Dolphins handled Tua. And I think that's going to be displayed up on the football field. I have the New, Ju- the New Jersey Jets beating the Dolphins Long in an wolf, baby. actual upset. It's an actual upset. The Jets are going to beat the Dolphins, and that is going to be due to the fact of how Zach Wilson plays in this game. I I'm think a lone wolf, baby. You are the lone wolf. And if Dan, if you are right, he's wrong. 
He's you're wrong. wrong. You're wrong. Never wrong. You'll get uh, you'll have a nice little victory lap. Uh, you know, next time we have the show. And if you're you're wrong, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and you ain't hired either. You're fired. <laughs> All right, we have the another uh, division matchup, the NFC North, the Chicago Bears taking on the Minnesota Vikings, another 1 o'clock matchup. The Bears go into Minnesota. Tanner, what do you got on this game? Vikings. The Bears are the worst 500 team I've ever seen in my life. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I got I got Mr. Jay Jettas, a.k.a. the Gritty King. And Kirk Cousins, uh, the Vikings. Mr. And, Primetime. And also, I don't I don't want to hurt your ears, but I think Kirk Cousins is going to restate the same quote he said again when he played for Washington. I'm not going to say it really loud, but that's exactly what he's going to say after the game. All right. I think the fraudulent MVP pick, Kirk Cousins, is going to win this game. <laughs> um, Can't believe that was said. I, 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 I cannot even... I cannot even believe this right now, like that he was even favored at any point to be the MVP by anyone. The guy sucks, but I think he's better than Justin Fields. So, yeah, I think Dan wants to say something. Yeah. <laughs> he slapped my hand away. Well, I saw that. But like, you yeah. like that? You like that? Oh, it's it's Minnesota by a billion, baby. Yeah. I I don't know who the heck the Chicago Bears think they are. Having I mean, they to think win. they're a 500 football team. Uh, they're not. <laughs> they're, they're supposed to be 0-4. Yeah, I mean, how many games have they won? Two. They're going to be two and uh, uh, 15. Yeah. All right, that's that's uh, an interesting uh, interesting prediction there, 2-15 and 15 after starting out 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Nonetheless, I have the Minnesota Vikings winning this football game and going to 4-1. and one. Now, are they a dominant 4-1 team? Maybe, like, the Chiefs are set to be or the Buffalo Bills are set to be? No, they're not. But they are a 4-1 football team trying to craft it out a newer identity offensively with their new passing attack with new head coach Kevin O'Connell. Give me the Vikings in this matchup against the worst 500 football team currently in the NFL. All right, let's move over to an interesting matchup. The Tennessee Titans going into Washington against Carson Wentz. All right, what are your guys' thoughts on this matchup? Tanner, lead us off. Um... I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Tennessee. I think Derrick Henry. You know, he's been starting to get progressively better and better as the season goes on, and I think he runs wild here over this Commander defense and runs the Titans to victory. All right. So I got. Um, I got the Tennessee Titans. Um, probably the reason why because Derrick Henry is an absolute monster. I think. I, I don't. I hate to say this, but I think the future Colts, Colts quarterback, AA Ryan Tannehill, will get it done for the Titans. End of story. I'll take the Titans, even though we beat them 41-7. to f- seven. Five or seven? seven? No, seven. They didn't get a safety on us. It's 41-7. It Joe, Joe, don't overthink it's 41-7. No, seven. no. I, my, pre- my prediction was 41-5. to five. That's why I got confused. Oh, I apologize. Okay. Really? That's it. Good for you. It was very close. Yeah, it was very close. But, um, no, 45-7. to seven. Sorry, not 40, 41 to five. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Dan, take it. Are you okay? Are you okay, Joe? All right, we're we're not going to pay attention to that. I I don't even know if he's okay anymore. He's losing his mind next to me. Hey, he's still still rocking and rolling. We're good. I I keep on trying to grab the mic away from him. (laughs) He gets flustered from it. Uh, I have to tie in Derrick Henry. Like Terry said, Derrick Henry's going to do amazing things against his Washington defense. Tighten up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree I with you. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Tighten up. You yeah, that was me. That, that was about as cringy as um, Russell Wilson in a uh, <laughs> let's ride. Yeah, media Broncos day. country. Let's ride. Um, Tighten up. I hope you meant Titan as in T I 
uh, I get harassed on this show. I hope you meant it like nah. that, Titan, not like T-I-T-A-N. That no, damn, we just have fun. Like um, speaking of fun, this should be an interesting matchup. It should be a fun matchup between the Titans and the Washington Commanders. I do have Carson Wentz on my fantasy team, so I'm actually going to pick this game to be a little high scoring. Uh, it's going to get into the 30, <laughs> the 30 row. 30 range, but I'm going to take the Titans to win this matchup. Um, Carson Wentz will probably throw a pick in the fourth quarter to yeah to seal to, the game. Yeah, to seal the game yeah. for the Titans. Uh, give me the Titans in this. Derrick Henry has been playing really good football the last two weeks, and I think he's going to continue his uh, domination as a running back in this league against the Washington front seven. All right, so a guy that's kind of kind of happy probably from last night's performance is Pete Carroll. And Pete Carroll and his Seattle Seahawks and the MVP Geno Smith are set to take on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. What do you guys got in that matchup? Panther. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. They're hot right now. They just came off a 48-point performance. No Jameis Winston. Andy Dalton is going to be starting once again. No Michael Thomas. So while they will be getting Elvin Kamara back, most likely, they're still going to be shorthanded. So give me the hot hand right now. Give me Seattle. Hey guys, I, I need you to help me out with something here. Who's that quarterback that was in the same draft class as EJ Manuel and is still playing to this day? Big old stank Gino. Gino Smith, Gino Smith is going to win. Seahawks win. All right, give me the Seahawks on this one. I think that I, I didn't know that Jameis is going to be out. I, I forgot about that. But just Gino's just going to torch this whole entire New Orleans defense. We have a good. I have a good feeling about this. Give me Gino Smith. Come on. I mean, Andy Dalton's your quarterback. Michael Thomas is out. Alvin Kamara still has been out of court. Um, you know, I it's got to be Seattle. They, they're just too hot right now. They got to take the win. Yeah, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks. I think with everything going wrong with Russell Wilson, there's only so much more that can go right for the Seattle Seahawks. And I think it would be outstanding if that can go on and happen. Um on 1 o'clock on a Sunday against the Saints, who many people thought could potentially compete for the t- NFC South title, but they just haven't been able to do so. And the Seahawks have looked much better than they were supposed to you know, be this year, and I think they continue that. Give me the Seahawks in this. All right, this is a weird matchup, probably an easy sweep around the board, but the 49ers taking on the Baker midfield Panthers. I'm going to keep saying that until they bench them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh- yeah, so I'm going to start this off with, so I, about this game, I don't know because I don't know if you heard that Trent Williams is going to be out. And as I know Carolina's pass rush is okay, but I still think that probably San Francisco is probably going to get done. I, I mean, we saw what Debo did last week. Uh, I'm sure we saw how he roasted Jalen Ramsey on Instagram. That was pretty funny, but give me the 49ers. As long as San Francisco can score over 17 points, which I think they will, they should take the W considering the Panthers are 1-26 under Matt Rule when they allow 17 or more points. So give me the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the Panthers have just looked just woefully anemic this year. So give me San Francisco. I'm going to tell you guys a little story real fast here. So today on um, there was this Panthers fan that was tweeting out in need of help, right, saying – you know, Allen and Mahomes, you're lucky to have those quarterbacks. And here I am sitting here about to tweet back at him and say, let let Baker cook. He might have something in him. I deleted that entire tweet in that draft. Absolutely not. I am taking Jimmy G and the 49ers in this matchup. Absolutely going to wipe the floor with the Panthers. 
Baker Mayfield cannot even think on the same level as Jimmy G coming in and not even practice with the team in the pre yeah. in the preseason. No one yeah. wanted him and he's still playing for them. The Dude's subway, a G. The subway spokesperson himself, Jimmy G and Debo Samuel, the super gremlin. Tanner, we learned this last week, and Jeff Wilson, we trust. Yes. <laughs> we learned that. Uh, yeah, it's got to be San Francisco. I mean, you'll be crazy not to take them. I don't care how many injuries there are for San Francisco. Panthers ain't going to do nothing. I, I wanted to say another word, but I don't know if I could say that on air, but San Francisco. Yeah, let's stay away from that word. Uh, let Give me the 49ers <laughs> in this match. Wow. Okay. I, don't, I don't know what you're going to say, Thanks. but... You don't even know the word I was going to say. I'm, I'm just I'm just making sure we're all good. Uh, give me the 49ers in this matchup. Uh, I think that the 49ers are looking like a much better football team week to week. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be that saving piece for the 49ers this season. People wanted to roll with Trey Lance, but I just don't think Trey Lance was ready. Or I, simply, I just don't think he was better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo got a little too much hate. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo is that glue. We, we talk about Draymond Green, Dennis Rodman. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is that type of guy. They're He's like the thirty-one and fifteen with him, they're, they're, and then win nine and twenty-one without. I him. I know it's ridiculous. You can't stick another quarterback in that system. I don't know what it is, but it's the Jimmy G Kyle Shanahan system. It's All right, we still got we got a bird matchup. Kaka, kaka. The Philadelphia Ka-ka. Eagles taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Eagles are still the only undefeated team left in football between two young quarterbacks that are looking to make their marks in the NFL still in Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray, two of the most electrifying quarterbacks in the game playing today. What do you guys got in this one, Tanner Go. I think the Eagles stay undefeated. They beat the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know what's going on out there in Arizona. What what Kyler Murray, if he's playing too much Call of Duty or whatnot, but things have, this season has not gone according to plan, and I think it keeps going further off the rails here. Meanwhile, for the Eagles, they stay undefeated. You know what? I think it's because Overwatch 2 came out. It's free to play, so I think he's really grinding it. But um, <laughs> I played uh, Overwatch 2 yeah. instead of COD. Come yeah, on, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't played it yet. I want to, but it's not even the point here. I think. You know what? I'm going to be bold on this one here. I think the Eagles lose their first game of the season here. I think the Cardinals. <laughs> Dan's leaving the studio. I think I'm, you know what? Not the most logical pick, I can admit, but I like the underdog, and the Cardinals are the underdog. Let's go. All right. Correction, he's actually back. But um, I got the Eagles picking this one. I just don't see a reality where Arizona pulls off. They've been in rough shape right now. And another thing, too, is I have Jalen Hurts on my team for fantasy. So I'm praying he does do good. Give me the birds. Fly, Eagles! Fly, baby! I don't know what you're thinking, Joe Kelly. I don't know. who Did they turn off my mic? I don't even know. No, no. They it down. Oh, they just turned it down really low? I couldn't even hear myself anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not even with the echoes or... No, nothing. I, I'm pointing down at him for being wrong. See, look at me. He's wrong. He's so wrong, Evan. It, it's going to be it's Eagles. Even, it's not even 425 on a Sunday yet. You're wrong, Joe. It's Eagles. All right. Eagles fly, baby. And, Dan, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Fly, Eagles fly. I think Sounds they go 5-0. Like I don't think that the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> are in really good contention at all. I know the NFC the NFC West is all 500 as of right now. And if the Eagles do lose to the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals can really up, up-tempo their season with a win over the Eagles. But 
I just don't see the Eagles losing this game. They're playing phenomenal on all parts of the football. Their offensive line is getting to the second level amazingly. Jalen Hurts is throwing the football at the best point of his career. They're running the football exceptionally well with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Their defense is playing electrifying. They, they Their front seven is, is playing great. Everyone has just been doing their role and taking it to the next level. So give me the Eagles. All right. The Dallas Cowboys going up against the LA Rams. You have Cooper Rush. What are you, 3-0 now as a starter? 4. 4-0. Let's make it 5-0 as a starter for Mr. Cooper Rush. Uh, what do you guys got in this game? Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm making it 5-0 and for Cooper Rush until I see the man lose a game. I'm not picking against him. New Tom put. Brady. New Tom Brady. It's hard to bet against him. Cooper Rush, number 10 for the Dallas Cowboys, is not fraudulent. We're going with him. 5-0, and Cooper Rush. He's taking Dak's job. Wow. Whew. All right, Al. Right. I don't know about this game. I mean, look at that injury, so I think... Don't get mad at me, but I think the Rams are going to pull it off. No, I'm not mad at you. I mean, they're the defending Super Bowl yeah. chance, man. Yeah. Like Aaron Donald might destroy Cooper Rush a couple times, maybe even Leonard Floyd. Who knows? Yep. But right. it's just, you know, Cooper Cup is just going to yep. outrun Trayvon. There you go. What do you got, Dan? Cooper Rush, you better hide because, man, you, you are not getting anywhere against this Rams defense. Rams just had an embarrassing loss to the 49ers. They're going to want to show the world that they are still the Super Bowl Defending Super Bowl champions, and they are, can be dominant. They can kill a team. That's how you do it. You do it against a Cowboys team. Jerry Jones, fire whoever you have to fire. Imagine a week where the Eagles are 5-0, and the Giants are 4-1 and upsetting the Green Bay Packers, and the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys are 4-1. and What was the NFC least could potentially be called the NFC Beast? I'm taking the upset. Give me the Cowboys in this matchup. You know, like Dan or like Tanner mentioned, until Cooper Rush loses, I'm not betting against the guy. I'm going to take what I think is a safer pick than most in the Dallas Cowboys and led by Cooper Rush. All right, let's move on to Sunday Night Football, AFC North matchup. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens having a bad outing against this, uh, the Bills last week. What do you guys got? I think Lamar loses it in the second half again. I think he's done. Lamar loses it in the second half, and there's nothing he can do about it. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Give me Joe Shiesty and Jamar Chase, a.k.a. the other Gritty King. I'm taking them. I just think that Marlon Humphrey's just, he's not, you know, just Jamar Chase is just too much for him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock with the Bengals here. I picked them uh, when we did our, our season predictions way a long time ago. So give me the Bengals. Give me Joe. Give me a bird. I'll be the Ravens guy. I'll be a realist here. They Bengals look horrible this season. I predicted them to be one of the worst teams. It was a Cinderella run last season. It's going to continue to be one of their worst seasons. Ravens. Give me the Ravens in this matchup. I think the Ravens are on a revenge tour, uh, You know, especially after the last two weeks between the Dolphins and the Bills. All right. Raiders, Chiefs. I think this is just a clean sweep around. We all got the Chiefs winning this game. Yeah. Chiefs kingdom. Wait, who is it? Raiders at Chiefs? Yeah. I think Derek Carpool's a fast one here. All right. Mm, I'm, gonna, I'm picking the Raiders. All right, I got the Chiefs. Come on. All right, I got the Chiefs. It so is in Kansas City, and Derek Carr's done it before, yeah. so it's not out of the question, Joe, but I'm still picking the Chiefs. Joe, if you like Derek Carr so much, you, you should accept a trade. I take the Chiefs. 
All right, uh, let's move on to the Bills Steelers really quick. I think we are going to have a caller calling in around 56, 57. So, Dave, if you're still listening, call in. Um, I'll put you on the phone line in a second. Uh, Bills Steelers, score prediction. What do you guys got? So Bills. I did this. Oh, sorry. Bills 27, 21. Bills 54 to 25. Odd I, score. I did this in Madden out of all places. Score got and me. I got 24 to 10 Bills. Give me my mic, Joe. Joe's hogging up the mic here. I'm trying to... Uh, I'm going to take the Bills, of course. And I'm going to take a blowout. Give me 63 to 14. Case right. Keenum comes in and gets like two touchdowns. I have the Bills winning 34 to 17 in this game. All right, nice. I think that... Uh think that rounds it out for the uh, picks now while we're waiting for Harrington to get back get back going here because I don't know if we'll have the chance to do it it's either now or never let's all shout out our social medias real quick I'm on Twitter at Tanner or TJ Saunders 2000 and IG at Tanner underscore Saunders 2000 how about we go Joe uh, you can find me on Instagram at Joe Cali and you can find me on Twitter at the Buffalonian yeah I, I don't have Twitter but you know my Instagram is at Alicano uh, you can find me on Twitter at double underscore D capital WBMY, and that's where all our old episodes are posted. All right, there you go. Good too. shout out, Dan. And then also, you can find me on Twitter at EvanH716. But before we wrap up here, we have a caller, our favorite caller. He called well, in? Dave, not from GR. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going good. Great job, guys. I know I got to make it quick because you're near the end. I just had to respond to the tan man. Hand yeah. man, uh-huh. you have a lot of sizzle there. No stake, buddy. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, when you saw the um, capital game, when he put in a real team and that they also ran, the thing is that, yeah, the Sabres showed what they are. They're not very good. And unfortunately, the team will probably not even be going for the second wild card, which is what everybody is saying their best could be their ceiling. But, you know, the thing is, the only way I could agree with you, Tan Man, is if you're saying that there's the best duo of GM and coach <laughs> in the AHL. Or maybe even maybe in the single league, you know, they, they could take on uh, the ECHL. The shrimp guy. So I'll let you guys go and I'll just listen to your responses. Have a good day, guys. All right. Thank you here. so much for calling in, Dave. We always appreciate you uh, calling in and everyone calling in. Uh, but for future episodes, if you guys do want to call in, you can call in at 878-5104, 878-5104. And also, to listen to The Blitz on the go, uh, anywhere actually, you can listen in on the Radio FX app using the call sign WBNY to listen anywhere. Uh, you can be on your couch. You can be in your kitchen. You can be in the passenger seat of a car. Anywhere. You can you know listen on the go uh, with your phone on the Radio FX app. You can um, be in Asia. You can be, yeah, you could be in Asia, you could be in Europe. You could <laughs> be, be anywhere in the you world. You could be on the toilet. You could be anywhere. You could realistically <laughs> be anywhere. You can be anywhere. Um, all right, do you guys have any, uh, you know, finding, concluding statements before we do wrap up here and call it a show? And by the way, I just want to mention, we will not be live this Monday. Uh, Monday, you know, the weekend, uh, the holiday going on, we won't be in studio, so we will be back 
Wednesday also. But anything else you guys want to wrap up with uh, before we head out? Only, only, so, all right, oh, Dave. Sorry. Look, only a slight exaggeration there when I was talking about Kevin Adams and Don Granado. Are they the best it. general manager coach duo in the history of professional sports? Of course not. That title goes to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, obviously. Ooh. But Kevin Adams and Don Granado haven't like totally screwed things up yet. And I mean, hey, look, the Sabres are four and one in the preseason. Granted, it's preseason, but come on, just just stick with me here. It's okay to have some cautious optimism. Okay, so I I know I'm new to this, Dave. You're good. All right, all right. So I'm good. Okay. So I I, I know I'm new to this, Dave, but this I've I've been a big fan of the Sabres since I was younger, and I think they they have good potential. And I wouldn't say they're a playoff team, but I think they'll probably be better than last year. That's yeah, also. no, definitely for sure. And I just want to say thank you to everyone listening. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday after the Bills defeat the Steelers on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Uh, I have been your host, Evan Harrington. I just want to say thank you to Tanner Saunders, Joe Kelly, Dan Dale, and Alec joining us on this Friday afternoon on an awesome episode of The Blitz. This has been Buff- the Buffalo Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. Stay tuned for more great music, and we will see you guys next week.